Hey, monkeys, Uncle Silverback here with you on the Arm Day Podcast. Today is Sunday. It's the 22nd of January, 2012. Hope everybody had a good Christmas and hope everybody's having a good new year. Forgive me as I stumble around a little bit. Got a quick announcement on the frequency of the shows, I guess. As many of you know, I also do Firearms Cafe, which is my other podcast. And what I'm going to do as far as the schedule goes for the shows is I'm, I'm going to alternate them on a weekly basis. So that you'll get, uh, every other week you'll have an Armed Ape podcast. On the alternate weeks, you'll have Firearms Cafe. And what this will do is it'll give you guys content, hopefully every week. Uh, It'll allow, if you're subscribed to both shows, you'll get it every week. Of course, if you're only subscribed to one or the other, it'll be every two weeks that you get a show. Uh, But I did want to be able to put some content out on a pretty consistent basis. Hopefully by doing that. It'll also maybe increase the listenership. It's funny, you know, that the I have a lot more subscribers to Firearms Cafe than I do to this show. Why that is, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe because it's more Second Amendment centric over there, and this one is kind of hodgepodge, and we just sort of do whatever we want over there. Um, but I do appreciate uh, you guys sticking with me. And I know that uh, the shows can sometimes be put out on a little bit of an erratic basis. And I also appreciate all the contributions when you guys send in reviews and things like that. Speaking of contributions, we have one from Ken. Ken's actually serving right now in Afghanistan. And he he also has his own podcast, which is the Rimfire Podcast. And he's uh, doing that from over in Afghanistan. So I figured, you know what, if that guy is doing his from... Uh, from over there in Afghanistan, uh, surely I can I can make the effort and put mine out more often, or at least on a real consistent basis. Uh, so Ken, just wanted to give you a quick shout out, say uh, thanks for putting out your shows. I appreciate them. I was like listening to them, and uh, know this that uh, we're thinking of you and wishing you the best and sending you good vibes and all that stuff. Uh, we're also going to have an old review that Eric Shelton sent in a while back, and it's a movie review about some Hercules movies. He uh, is currently overseas doing some uh, work. I don't know how much of, of the type of work he wants out there. I don't know when he's going to be coming back. And when he does come back, I don't know if he'll ever start up doing the podcast again. I don't know if he'll start up his old show, which was Handgun Podcast, or if he decided to do something, if he would do it uh, a, a different show or a different type of format. Um, but anyway, if uh, Eric, if you're out there and listening... Uh, stay safe and all that kind of stuff, and we look forward to having you back in the States soon. Now, speaking of contacting the shows or doing reviews or, or uh, making a contribution to the show, if you want, you can use the uh, voicemail or you can use the email. The voicemail is 206-745-2731, 206-745-APE1. If you'd like to record your uh, own MP3 or WAV file, you can send that to me at thearmedape at gmail.com, or if you want to just read, have me read it out, read out the email that you write, I'll be sure and do that for you, no problem. And again, thearmedape at gmail.com, all one word. All right, that is enough for our housekeeping. The other day I went to the gun show. In fact, I went uh, yesterday, which was Saturday, went with some friends of mine, and looked around, didn't really see too much uh, I saw some stuff that I'd like to get, but of course, uh, a lot of it is uh, a little pricey. And uh, in order to get some of those things, I'm, I'm probably going to need to sell. Excuse me, Ooh, I'm tired. 
I'm probably need to sell some of the, uh, maybe some of my current guns that I've got uh, in order to buy another one. Um, one of the things that I'm looking at, I have a, uh, a full size, um, FNP 45 and I'm looking at selling that. I'm thinking I'm probably going to go with like a Glock 21, uh, maybe the SF or the, or go with the, the, the gen four. Uh, if I stick, if I go with the uh, gen three, I'll probably stick with a, um, I'll probably stick with an SF. I kind of like the feel of that a little bit better. I was actually able to compare them, the Gen 4 and the Gen 3, and they felt about the same. I, in fact, I kind of think I like the feel of the grip on the Gen 4 on that 21 a little bit better. Uh, but anyway, enough about that, um, about the gun parts. What I actually wanted to talk about was they had a uh, freeze-dried and... Um, uh, dehydrated food section there. Um, and I think the, uh, the, um, uh, what do I want to say? Not the merchant, but the, the seller or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, the vendor was free dries guy, the guy who does freeze. If you, you can go on the internet and find freeze dried guy.com. And he had some stuff from mountain house and some stuff from, uh, wise foods. And he also had some things that were called long range patrol stuff, and uh, they had some samples of that stuff out. One of them was turkey tetrazzini. And it, I was surprised at how good it was. It was actually really quite good. Uh, it didn't taste like some of the old stuff. Now, I hadn't had any of the, the freeze-dried stuff, uh, actual meals for years. And, you know, they were years ago that I had them. And they really weren't that good. Uh, but these were really, really good. And the other thing I had was eggs and bacon. Now... The the one thing I will say with that turkey tetrazzini, that tasted just like something you would get in a restaurant or something you would you know you would cook yourself. The thing with the eggs, and some of you guys that are more familiar probably maybe have the same experience. the uh, The texture of them was a little different, and the look of them was a little different. When I was first looking in the thing, I was like, "Well, what you know? What is this thing? It almost had like a." like the look of a of like a small crouton or something like that. The taste was fine and really the texture like I said it was different but it wasn't off-putting at all. Um so anyway, I'm thinking about ordering some of those uh, long-range patrol thing. I guess the freeze-dried guy is the only guy that has it. He I guess he bought up the whole stock of the overrun from uh from US military. Um uh, of the he got of the 2011 overruns that they had, so I think I'm going to go ahead and order some of that, especially since I was able to try them and like them. And I think he does free shipping. Um, but anyway, I'll put a link to his to that website. Uh, I actually got to talk to the um, to the ladies that were kind of running the table there, and I was saying, well, hey, I know people that are you know allergic to peanuts or they're allergic to this or to that. Do you have anything that is is uh, made maybe for them or somebody who's allergic uh, or somebody who just wants to eat organic. And they said, well, they're going to be coming out with an actual, an organic line that will be gluten. Some of it will be gluten free. So I thought that was pretty neat. So, uh, you know, for people that maybe want to eat organic stuff, uh, even, and even though this would be kind of like your long-term storage things, uh, I, I think a lot of those, they were saying that the shelf life on those wasn't, of course, as long as the number 10 can. So that stuff, I guess, can go anywhere from 20 to 30 years, depending on temperature and all that stuff. And I think they were saying that the the uh, the stuff that was in the freeze-dried packet, and so it was vacuum-sealed, 
um, you know, so it's all shrunk up and everything. They were saying those were going to be good for about, you know, seven to 10 years. Um, and of course, a lot of this has to do with the temperature that you store it at and where you store it and, you know, keeping it out of the light. So you need to keep it kind of in a cool, dark place. Uh, you don't want it to have really extreme temperatures. And what they were saying, their, their uh, average temperature to get the actual life that they wanted was about 75 degrees. Uh, so, and pretty much if you, and, and talking to them more, they were saying pretty much if you just keep that stuff in your home, in, on the in, inside in your house and not out in your garage where you're not going to have extreme temperature fluctuations that you should be fine. Now, we also, of course, some of you guys know that I live in Arizona, so we have extreme heat. I'm down in the Phoenix area, so it can get really, really hot. Uh, and if you've got stuff in your garage, if you were storing them there, they said that you'd probably be okay to store them there in the wintertime, but in the summertime, you would want to rotate them into your house. Otherwise, and it wouldn't be that the heat, that the heat excuse me, would ruin them right away. But it would it would dramatic, dramatically shorten the shelf life. Um, so, but I thought that I just wanted to give you guys a recommendation on that that the that the food from the freeze dried guy is really good. This at least the stuff that I got to taste. Um, if any of you guys have had any experience with it, uh, good, bad, um, if it kind of matched what I did, or maybe some dishes that you think are your favorite that people would like. Um, that's one of the things too, that I want to do for this year is I really want to get my food storage squared away. And, uh, one of the things that I've been doing, I've been talking to some friends of mine and not that I've, I've been trying to get them maybe a little bit more in the mindset of, okay, you need to store some food and do this and do that. And some of my friends are right on board with it. Some of them are a little hesitant. So you know, in the past few shows, we talked a little bit about prepping and doing things like that. And how would you get people uh, who are new to it? But what what I'm trying to do is find people who really just haven't even been thinking about it and try and introduce the idea of if you had, you know, two or three weeks worth of food in your house. And at least that would be a start because a lot of times what happens is once somebody says, okay, I want to have that two or three week goal of that food in my house and water, especially out here in Arizona, you know, water is key. Uh, but if you can get them to, to where they've got a little bit of a store and then they say, you know, it really wasn't hard to get this two weeks of food in the house. And, and maybe I should go instead of just having two weeks, maybe I should have a month, a month's worth of food. And then once they've done that, it's not hard to then say, okay, well, I can start maybe doing a little bit longer term storage. Because uh, many of you guys know that listen to this show. If everybody in the country had 30 days worth of food, there would be almost no disaster that we couldn't get through. Uh, and even in a situation like Katrina, you could have a thing where it would be a lot easier for other people to donate stuff. So you could go into your stores and say, hey, I'll, I'll take a week's worth of my food and we can get an effort and we can uh, you know, send stuff to the people that don't have it. And it doesn't really cripple your supply. You know what I mean? So it wouldn't be like you'd give up everything. Um, so anyway, uh, again, freeze-dried guy. I'll put a link to it on the website. Hey, Tony, this is Eric here with more movie talk for the Arm Date podcast. 
This time I bring you a tale of Herculeses. Uh, I think most people are probably familiar with Hercules in New York. I've also heard of it called Hercules Goes Bananas. 1969, Arnold Schwarzenegger's first movie, very famously dubbed due to his thick Austrian accent. And um, they called him Arnold Strong in the credits. Now, there's some contention there. Is it because Schwarzenegger was too much for an American audience to say, or was it playing off of Arnold Stang, the nerdy comedian sidekick in this movie, Arnold Stang and Arnold Strong? Uh, doesn't really matter. It's a really craptacular movie, and I suspect that it's actually um, public domain because I've seen it on Hulu, and it's very odd. Hulu has no sound effects, uh, no music. It's just you know lines of dialogue where the audio comes back on and then it cuts out. I don't know what's going on there. It's really weird. But if you watch it on Netflix, then it does have all the music, all the sound effects, stuff like that. And you really don't want to miss the sound effects because they help sell this, this special effects heavy bonanza I mean, Zeus's lightning bolts clearly aren't just rebar that's been built into shape and, and maybe painted silver. Clearly not. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a truly horrific movie, and, uh, and I highly suggest that anyone looking to uh, annoy their friends or significant others turn this one on because it'll do the trick. Um, <laughs> there are a couple similarities, though, aside from just the name. The, the only reason I bring that up is to talk about the other Hercules from 1983. Now, this one starred Lou Ferrigno, and uh, bodybuilder, bodybuilder, playing Hercules, you know. But uh, I remember Lou Ferrigno being big, you know, because he was the Incredible Hulk, right? But I didn't remember him being so cut. And there are some scenes in this movie where I thought, holy crap, he really was a bodybuilder. He wasn't just this huge, hulking mass of a dude. Um, it's an Italian movie. It's very obvious that, uh, that it's all dubbed. And the funny part is it's obvious that they're speaking the words in English and then redubbed in English over them with better voices. <laughs> That's the really funny part. It's just not quite there. The one who looks the best is Lou Ferrigno himself is Hercules on that one. They actually tried. My guess is that he uh, had to be dubbed. I've heard him speak, and they've they've got a better voice for him because where Schwarzenegger had the thick Austrian accent, we all know Lou Ferrigno's, you know, I, I don't know if he's deaf, but hearing impaired. So uh, kind of funny that they both wound up being dubbed. But further than that, what was really great, 1983. If you're old enough to remember what was going on in 1983, you know, I mean, we had the, the space shuttle program, Star Wars had already come and been a big hit, all three movies. So naturally, this tale of, of myth that has lasted thousands of years clearly needs to be updated because it just won't hang in the space age, right? It's, it's dated. It's passe. No length or immortality to it. Let's update it for the space age. And you can really tell that's what's going on from the movie poster. The theatrical movie poster is great. Uh, it's Hercules, Luferigno, holding a shield, blocking a laser blast from a robotic dragon. Uh, he fights robots in this. They're stop-motion animated. And the effects are... <sighs> Terrible isn't the word. Because they're obviously crappy. It's obviously a low-budget movie. But uh, they really, really liked 
making multiple color starburst light bursts appear. Um, I can't hate this movie because it's so dang fun. Now, if you're watching Hercules in New York or Goes Bananas, curiously absent on details on Wikipedia, if you're watching it on Hulu, it's boring. There's no music. There's no sound effects. You just kind of sit there and you go, wow, the editor sucks. And you just want to gouge your freaking eyes out. But Hercules, 1983 with Lou Ferrigno, it's kind of fun. You know, it's it's much more entertaining. And it's something where I think, you know what, you could sit a kid in front of that and entertain him for an hour or two if he's got the attention span to watch it while you put her around the house. You know, use, use it as a babysitter. Probably not the best advice I've ever given. But uh, it's, it's much, much more engaging. I legitimately enjoyed it. Now, it, it's crap. I'm not defending it, but it's really fun crap, you know? Um, <laughs> I'm not quite sure where I'm going with that. Uh, yeah, Space Age Hercules, a whole lot of fun. Now, the other similarities uh, that I mentioned I was going to talk about, I imagine these come actually from the mythology. Uh, I believe it's called the Labors of Hercules, I'm, I'm not real spun up on, on Greek or Roman myth, not all that interested in it, just enough to get by in high school. But uh, Hercules, in both of these movies, has a scene where there are multiple adversaries against him. And in the case of Schwarzenegger, he, I think he picks up like a steel I-beam or something on the docks of the harbor when he gets to New York. And with Lou Ferrigno, I think he's got uh, a large... Uh, like trunk of a tree and they hold it horizontal and they both hold off, you know, eight to 12 guys or whatever. And, and just by their own amazing strength, throw all these guys off. I just thought it was interesting that both movies used that convention. The other one is they both fight a bear. And that's why I think this had to have come from the labors of Hercules. Now the Lou Ferrigno Hercules actually does have more stuff like the cleaning of the stables Yes, I looked that up to phone this in. Uh, but the bear fight, one of them is the best one, is uh, Schwarzenegger fighting not a dude in a bear suit uh, in Central Park. <laughs> you know, because the bears are going to lose in Central Park. Uh, it, that's just hilarious. I mean, I, I really did laugh at that. I loved it. Um the bear is done a little bit better. It's, it's not quite so obviously a guy in a bear suit in the Ferrigno Hercules. And in this one, he throws the bear into space. Uh, this time it's, it's showing how he became orphaned in their retelling. Like I said, it's, it's kind of a reimagined Hercules. And that was kind of a fun thing. Uh, he gets mad at something else later and throws that into outer space too. So uh, good times. Um, can I recommend Hercules in New York? No, but you kind of have to see it because it's just that bad. It's one of those things you need to know is out there. But uh, believe it or not, it's, as long as you understand it's crap, I recommend Hercules, 1983 with Lou Ferrigno. It's actually a lot of fun. It's not very good, but it's entertaining, and that's really all I ask from it. So anyway, that's uh, The Tale of Two Herculeses. Maybe it's Herculi. In any case... I'll talk to you again later. Hey, Eric, thanks for that. Those uh, Herculei or Herculean recommendations there. You know, I've seen both of them, but it's been so long that I don't remember too much about it. 
Uh, but I'd say I'd have to concur with the review there that you gave. Uh, both of them may be worth a shot if you just want to throw something on there. Hey, Tony and my fellow monkeys. It's Ken in Afghanistan calling in, mailing in, uh, voice message here. And uh wanted to do a little quick follow-up on my Kindle. Uh, I forgot to mention on the uh, last episode that I did a little review on my Kindle uh, that I have a Kindle Touch. No, I'm sorry, not a Kindle Touch, a Kindle Keyboard, which it looks like, I don't know, it kind of looks like Amazon is trying to phase those out because you kind of have to go hunting around for them on their website. And uh, they're about $130 new. But I did notice there were quite a few available um, used as low as about $85, which I think would be a pretty good bargain. I'm still really enjoying mine. I think it's probably, other than my new laptop, I think it was probably the next best thing I invested in for uh, entertainment purposes for deployment. So I uh, definitely think it's, uh, if you're an avid reader, very good investment and still highly recommend it. And I did want to ask um, to the the audience at large, um, if anyone has the Kindle, I'm sorry, the Amazon Prime account and has used any of the lending library stuff um, with their Kindle. I'm kind of interested to see what that's like. Uh, unfortunately, my wife already has the Amazon Prime account, and I don't think we can transfer – I don't think she can buy books and transfer it to my Kindle, but we might uh, we might be able to finagle that somehow. Uh, in any case, uh, the other bit I had was I, uh, a couple of months ago I got to fire a really neat firearm that uh, is available in a sort uh, in the U.S., I got to uh, go to the range and and fire a CZ-58, which if you don't know what that is, most people think they look um, like an AK or think of them as an AK variant, Um, but they are – the action is very different. It's a checkmate rifle that uh, first appeared in, of course, 1958 and uh, is still in use by the Czech Army. And I got to fire a select fire uh, CZ-58, which was kind of tacked out, kind of tacticooled out, if you will. It had a um, sort of a M4-style collapsible buttstock put on it. Um, Not at the same angle you would find on an M4, um, but um, that's still that same style of stock. It also had uh, railed handguards. You know, some of them had uh, vertical grip, some didn't. But I was very impressed by this rifle. I learned how to, you know, tear it down and uh, maintain it. And the action, the whole thing really reminds me a lot of an SKS inside an AK's body. The receiver is forged, um, so it's a solid piece of metal. But it's actually, I don't know how they did this, but it's actually lighter than a stamped AK receiver. 
the um, the bolt mechanism I think is a lot easier to pull out and it comes it comes apart into a couple different parts um, and there's a separate uh, piston rod that's separate from the bolt carrier so it's not like an AK where it's all one piece the piston and the, the bolt carrier so it looks very easy to maintain uh, one of the other neat features about this rifle is that it's able to it has a bolt hold open feature so like when you like most firearms unlike the AK if you when you fire your last round the bolt sticks open so you're um, you're able to feed the CZ58 from stripper clips if you want you can either change the magazine which looks a lot like an AK47 magazine but it, it is different um, it's actually lighter than a, a normal AK mag. Um, but if you wish to real quick, you can pull a 10 round stripper clip out of your pocket and feed from the top, which is, uh, I think a really neat feature, just like an SKS. And, um, the barrel is a tiny bit shorter than, a, a regular AK barrel. I regular AK barrel is about 16 inches. And I think the CZ 58 comes in a little bit shorter than that. It's like, 14 and change or right around 15 inches um, most of the ones here had muzzle nuts on them um, if you do get in one in the US uh, semi-automatic version um, you're gonna the it either has the muzzle nut permanently attached or if you want to get a muzzle brake you'll have to permanently attach that for it to be legal length um, otherwise you'll have to register it as a short barreled rifle another thing I found with this rifle is it's very controllable um, recoil was very mild I mean I don't think 7.62 by 3.9 is all that punishing but I noticed it was more controllable than uh, some of the AKs I've had in the past that I've personally owned and uh, I even fired it on select fire and that was still pretty controllable there was uh, three round bursts and uh, that was pretty fun, I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, let's see, anything else I can tell you about the rifle? Um, I do know, and I'm very tempted to get one when I come back to the U.S. Um, there's a company called Checkpoint USA, and they import these and um, bring them back into kind of regular configuration where they take 30-round mags. And they have those for um, kind of like in the... The 800 into the $900 price range. So it's a little bit pricier than a lot of AKs. But AKs have gone up in price over the last few years um, for a really good one. Um, so I don't think it's you're spending a, a whole lot more. And I think this particular rifle has some advantages over the AK. Um, I do know they have a reputation for being more accurate. And um, just some of the other features. I really liked the... Um, selector switch compared to an AK which has that big kind of clumsy hard to push with your thumb um, safety this particular one um, it has a, a much more ergonomic um, easy to flip switch much closer to your thumb I really liked that um, the particular one I was firing like I said had uh, railed handguards and they had aim points mounted on those 
Um, I didn't necessarily like their particular stock configuration because I couldn't – there was no way for me to get a cheek weld. You basically just had your head sort of floating around in space um, above the stock. The stock was just into your shoulder and your your head was – you had more of a heads-up position. So it was actually in a sense a better, I guess, a close quarter um, rifle. Uh, but with the aim point, it didn't really matter. Um, you didn't have to be precise, you know, and keeping your head in exactly the same place. Um, so I think that's one thing I would probably do if I got one would be to, to buy some U.S. made uh, railed handguards and uh, probably mount up uh, uh, some sort of red dot sight up there, either like an Aimpoint or an EOTech, something like that. Now, if I was going to have sort of an M4 style stock on it, I don't think I would go with the way theirs was configured, where the um, the receiver extension or you know the stock tube um, or the buffer tube, theirs came out of the receiver and sort of at a down angle, and, and that's what prevented me from having really a cheek weld, and that's that's something that I really like. So I think I would probably get one of the American aftermarket um, M4 style or stock adapters and I would probably have it coming straight out of the receiver and do something with like a uh, Magpul stock where I could also put that little cheek riser on it. I think that would be a nice configuration. Um, but I, I've been looking through the spare parts that are available in the magazines. Everything seems to be really reasonably pl- priced. You you should be able to get together a little spare parts kit pretty cheap and uh, configure the rifle sort of the way you want. Um, at not too great a cost and have a pretty awesome rifle. I'm very, very tempted to do this when I get back to the U.S. Um, if for nothing else, I, I have sort of a piece of... Uh, history in a sense from my deployment so anyway if uh, I'd like to hear if anybody any other listeners out there uh, own a CZ58 or what Checkpoint USA calls them is a VZ58 Um, if you own one I'd kind of like to hear about it see what you think alright so that'll be it for me for today talk to you later Hey, Ken, thanks for sending that in. You know, speaking of the Kindle, I've I've pretty much decided to go with that instead of the Nook. I kind of went back and forth, but I've made the decision on at least going with the Kindle. And what I'm kind of looking at now is do I want to get – I, I do I did I at first, I guess I should say, I was going back like do I want to get the Touch? Do I want to get the – just the regular Kindle where you have the little – the buttons down at the bottom – and at first, I thought the touch was set up sort of like how the Nook is. The Nook touch has a thing where you can touch the screen, or it also has side the buttons on the side where you could do stuff. Of course, the difference with the the Nook doesn't support MP3s or audiobooks or anything like that, which the Kindle will. And originally, when I looked at it, I had thought um, the, the other thing was the keyboard, the one like you have. And I had thought, well, the keyboard would sort of give me the best of both worlds. I don't know how much, you know, stuff I'll be, you know, messing around with the touch screen and this and that. But I have some, I've messed around with a couple of the touches. And I don't really like the interface of it very much. I think, 
I, w- I think I would prefer to maybe have the keyboard. And But, of course, I want to get the one. I don't necessarily want the one with the 3G because that's not, that's not going to do anything for me. Um, I'm not going to be that desperate to download a book somewhere. And if I'm somewhere where I can get, like, 3G service, I'd probably be somewhere where I could go into a bookstore or someplace that had Wi-Fi or, you know, or at a hotel that has Wi-Fi or something if I was out of town. So that's not going to really be that big of a deal for me for the uh, 3G. And I guess maybe if you're going to kind of use it as a web browser or something that, you know, I, I don't know. But then, I you know, I've got the phone that has 3G. So for me, I don't really need anything like that. But I think what I'm going to end up doing is going with um, the Kindle, the keyboard, like what you have. And I, I, I'm pretty sure I think that's going to be the best thing for what I want. I know it's a little bit bigger. I'm not going to be, I'm not too concerned with the size. Um, of course, the screen display and everything is all the same. But what I want to make sure is that when I get one, that I get one without the, um, without the special offers. I just, I don't want to be pestered with stuff. I just want to have a device with nobody else's bullshit on there. You know, just like give it, give it to me that way. So I'm on Amazon.com actually right now and kind of looking at them. And I found them and it looks like, it looks like they have one for about $139, but without the special offers. So I think I may be able to get one. Then they have some that are used and when I click when I click on those, I can't really tell whether or not that there's there's special offers or not. Some of them, and the cheapest I can find is eighty, basically ninety dollars. Um, and that's another thing I don't know about getting something used. You know, you can look at some; they'll they'll do their description. Some of them say you know it it has this and that, but it doesn't have the box. So you know, I'd always wonder did I get everything that I'm supposed to. Um, and then once you get up to stuff where it's it's really good or it's like new, you're only about ten or fifteen dollars cheaper than uh, than the regular one. So I'll, I'll probably, you know, even though I like to go and and uh, kind of really look for some good bargains, I may go on eBay and check it out and see if I can't find one that's a little bit cheaper. Um, and initially, when you go on to Amazon, what you see is you um you get um they show you this one that's like that that is that has the Wi-Fi and 3G so and that I don't and like I said I don't really want the 3G um and I and if it was even if it was going to be the same I'm gonna type this in even if it was going to be the same price So when I when I type it in on there, I'm getting the thing the thing for like you know for uh, blah 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 everything is special offers special offers, um, and then it's just like cases and crap like that. Then uh, most of it they want to they want to tack in the th- the 3G thing plus make you have the special offers. And like I said, I absolutely don't want the special offers. So. Hopefully, maybe by the next time I do the show, I'll have the Kindle. Um, you were asking about the Prime account. My cousin, actually, she has the uh, the Kindle Fire, and she's got the Prime account. And what she was showing me on there was that 
you can there are certain books that maybe would be four or five dollars or three dollars or something that if you've got that prime account that you get those for free. She hadn't really done anything from the library, and of course I don't have one, so I, I haven't done anything from the library. I was at the library a few weeks ago, and I was talking to uh, the librarians there about it, and they said that they haven't had any problem with the library and, and how it gets lent out to you and stuff like that. And you would think that when you're getting stuff through the library, that it, since it's digital copies, they would just loan out however many they could, but I guess probably do with licensing agreements. A lot of times they'll only have maybe four or five digital copies that they can lend out. So a lot of times with the library stuff, if it's something that's popular, you have to um, you have to get on a waiting list and then they'll let you know and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, um, like I said, I think that's, that's what I'm going to go ahead and do. And then I'll let you guys know that. Now, talking about that, the, uh, what was it, CZ58? Uh, VZ58, I think is what you said. Uh, Ken also provided a couple of links in the email to Hickok 45 channel where he does a really good review and shows about it and he breaks it down and talks about it and this and that. And uh, some people are under the mistaken impression that they, uh, the magazines are interchangeable and as far as I know, they are not. Um, and a lot of the stuff, you know, some people like Ken was saying they think it's an AK variant, but it's really not. Uh, it's different. Um, I would love to have one. I think they're a neat looking gun. It would be, it would be fun to shoot and fun to have. And, uh, you know, like Ken was saying, you're able, you could probably go out there and build up, uh, you know, be able to buy enough surplus magazines and things like that. Cause it still shoots the 7.62 7. by 39. So it basically shoots that AK round. So it would be kind of a neat, maybe backup rifle that you could have, you know, chambered you know, chambered in the same round and everything. So, all right, Ken, well, thanks for sending that in and look forward to hearing from you soon. Again, remember if uh, you get a chance, go ahead and subscribe to Ken's other show, which is Rimfire Podcast and give him a listen on there. All right, Ken, take care. We're thinking of you. It's time to whip out my pimp cane and beat some knowledge into your heads. So listen up, motherfuckers. A lot of times I talk about different books and movies that I've been reading and, and like to recommend some podcasts. Uh, as always, you know, there's the B-Movie podcast with uh, Vince, Nick, and Mary. Talks about B-Movies. Um, there's uh, Stephen Thompson, which does a, a podcast called... He's I think he had to change the name to just another m horror movie podcast or something like that. Um, but I'll put, like I said, I'll put links. If you go over to iTunes and and type in Stephen Thompson, he'll pop up and you can see that. He's also started another one with a guy uh, named Vaughn who has a um, motion, picture, motion Picture Massacre podcast. And they're starting to do something which I haven't really seen before. And they're going to be starting to put out some shows here. They've done uh, like an introductory thing and a uh, kind of like a little promo type deal where they're talking about what they're actually going to be doing. And anyway, they're going to be doing um, a Western movie podcast. So... I think that's going to be really interesting. I can't wait to hear. Uh, they kind of like different things in, in the Western, so they maybe have their sort of picks of the different type of genres in the Western genre. Um, so it should be a really interesting podcast. And, uh, again, like I said, I'll put links to it and everything in, into the uh, the show notes over at thearmedape.com. 
Um, as far as books, I've been reading, I've gotten from the library. It's by Guillermo del Toro and Chuck Hogan. And it's a trilogy uh, called, I think it's the, is it The Strain? And then there's three books, and so I'm reading those. I finished up the first book, and I'm starting the second. Uh, enjoy those. And, and uh, it's a kind of a little bit of a different take on the vampire mythos and everything like that. So it sort of uh, reboots it. You don't have a lot of the... Some of the the, um, the tropes or the rules are the same. Some of them are a little bit different. Uh, so that's what I've been reading on those. Uh, let's see if I got anything else I wanted to talk about. Not so much. The show, I think, is going to end up being maybe a little bit shorter than it normally is. Uh, but uh, anyway, I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, I will talk to you next time, monkeys. Later. He's got a monkey scrotum and he's bragging about it. Poutini!